Hello, 49ers fans, and welcome to our podcast, Talking Touchdowns. I am with SoCali Steph. Uh, this is Tracy, 49ers fangirl. Hi, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? Oh, you know, just fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm a little uh, depressed this week. It was a particularly brutal week as a 49er fan, but I was really hoping that they had learned a little bit from last week, and it just seems like we're going downhill really fast. Really fast. I mean, at least last week there were a couple of bright spots, and in this game there was the Jared Hunt, the Jared Hayne punt return, which yeah. I guess was a bright spot, except it didn't really do anything. Um, and then at one point, I believe we fumbled but recovered our fumble, and I felt that was a sad bright spot to be happy that we recovered yeah. the fumble that we, in fact, fumbled. Um, so this was a tough one. This was a very tough week, and I'm concerned because everyone looks lost and confused and dejected, and it's right. week three, and that concerns yes. me. Very much so. It's like nothing is going right for us. Nothing. And you can even see it in the players' faces. Everybody just looks upset, which is leading them to on-fill things that they're doing unnecessarily and backing themselves even further up than where we were before. And I think it's just a sense of where the players feel. I mean, I know as a former athlete, I'm frustrated when I'm not winning. And when you're frustrated, you don't play well. So I think we're really seeing a lot of problems and we're seeing what's you know really showing up in this area. I would agree. Um, and it, has, it felt like yesterday, much more so than even the Pittsburgh game, that after the two pick sixes to start the game, it was as if the coaching staff just gave up. He didn't, Kaepernick didn't pass again for 14 plays, and I get it. He just threw two pick sixes, but it's early in the first quarter. You don't just give up then. Exactly, and it felt like what I said a little bit last week was that I felt like the plays were very scripted, even the passing plays. So they didn't really let, you know, Cap do his thing, and it was even said that they were so predictable from a defensive standpoint that they were just so easy to defend. And then all they did was make it themselves even more predictable by running the ball so they knew who, who to go after, which was Hyde. And it just wasn't pretty at all because it was – I mean, I almost got to the point where I knew exactly what they were going to do because they showed – I mean, everything showed. They were read like a book. Yes, and that is um, – that's going to be a problem. I, th- I mean, obviously, uh, I think let's let's focus a little bit on Kaepernick. Um, he's getting beat up all over the place in the last twenty, well, more than twenty four hours, probably thirty six hours. Um, and I don't know what to think. I am a huge Kaepernick fan. I've always been a big supporter in Kaepernick, and have always believed in him, and still believe he has the tools. Uh, but was was disconcerting yesterday is he looked a little dejected, and that concerns me. Yes and no. I think I think he did, but he he isn't the type to give up. And I saw that even after the four interceptions, he seemed like although he you know was frustrated, he wasn't ready to give up. And you know everybody for whatever reason, is just completely ignoring the fact that the O-line is is just 
awful. And so even when they, I mean, I saw it just even the very first few, few plays, they can't run block, they can't pass block, and it's all on his shoulders. And I understand that he plays a big part of it, but there's a lot of things going on right now, and I think it has to do with the play calls, the O-line, um, the receivers maybe not being running their routes correctly. There could be a hundred million things going wrong, and we don't know what's being called. We don't know, you know, if the if the wide receivers ran their routes correctly. We don't know if somebody missed a block. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard for us to gauge. And I know that everyone's calling him a bust, and I'm not quite ready to go there yet. But um, he does need to find a way, if not convince the coaches that this is not working. Yes, I would. I would agree. And the coaches also can't give up on him. I mean, he's a quarterback. He's going to throw interceptions. And they can't just give up. I mean, that to me, that really bothered me. Um, Because you're right, he definitely is not someone that gives up. And I didn't feel like he was giving up during the game. I just felt on the sidelines, he just looked, he looked down, which of course he looked down. I mean, he threw four interceptions and was sacked twice and he had a, he had a very bad day. Um, But I'm, I'm with you. I am not ready to call him a bust. I think everyone has a very short memory. It was three years ago. He went to Super Bowl and the NFC championship game the year after that. And I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Colin Kaepernick, but I do feel for the first time that he's now fighting for his job. I don't think he's fighting with Blaine Gabbert for his job, but I think he's fighting for the future of his job as the quarterback of the 49ers. Um, And I, I want him to keep that job. I like Kaepernick and I think Kaepernick's a good quarterback and I think he has all the tools. Um, It's just a matter of him using them. Yeah, I mean, at this point, where do they go, though? If, if it's not Kaepernick, who is it? Well, it's not. I don't think it's anyone else this season. I think he's fighting for his future. I don't think it's anyone else this season. I, I don't see them benching him and starting Blaine Gabbert. I just, I just don't see that happening. No offense to Blaine Gabbert, but I, I just don't see that happening. Um, right, and they do have an easy way out of that contract. It's, yeah. it's pretty easy, so... You know, if the 49ers feel that they're ready to move on, then they certainly can next season. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past them at this point. I had tweeted something earlier this morning because, you know, everybody wants the scapegoat. They don't see the many, many problems with the 49ers. I mean, yes, the quarterback is an issue, but it's among one of probably 30 issues they have. So... I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be corrected before we throw the quarterback, you know, to the wolves, so to speak. And it's easy to blame the quarterback because they're the most recognizable person on the field. They're the most popular. They make the most money. And I get all of that. They're the important part of the offense, but there's so many things wrong. I'm just, I guess I just think it's kind of silly to go down that road. That's that's fair. And there are a lot of things wrong. And yes, he had a terrible day yesterday. But if you look at the first two weeks, he has not been terrible. Uh, he had a terrible day yesterday. Quarterbacks have terrible days. Joe Montana had games where he threw four interceptions. Well, I think he had a game where he threw four interceptions. Yeah. Um, 
Steve Young had had terrible games. I mean, quarterbacks have bad games. Unfortunately, with Kaepernick, people seem very ready to jump and dismiss him after one bad game. It's been an issue really the last couple of years. And it's interesting because I noticed last week on Twitter there were people saying, you know, how about that Colin Kaepernick? You can really see the improvements. <laughs> and now, now you know, get rid of him. He, he had one terrible game. Is it disconcerting? Absolutely. It's You can't pretend it's not. But is it the be-all and end-all? No. Could he come out Sunday and have a good game? Of course he can. I actually think the real Kaepernick story is going to be how he uh, recovers and moves on from this. This is what I think will define him as a quarterback. Um, but yeah. you are right. He was not alone in the problems. Um, and, you know, I read and saw Carlos Hyde's comments, and I know you tweeted about that yesterday. Yes. And uh, that that bothers me because, as you said, you don't call out your other players. Absolutely not. Like, I, you know, Colin Kaepernick didn't, didn't you know, last week say, hey, Carlos Hyde fumbled in that really crucial moment when they could have scored. He didn't call him out at that time. I mean, players are going to make bad moves. They're going to make mistakes. But this is a team sport, and if you work on a team, you don't – you just don't do that. You have your, your teammates back, and I just thought that was – pretty much shows that he's a very young, you know, he's only been in the NFL two years, and that was a pretty rookie thing to do, and he must just, and I'm sure that's going to be corrected. I, there's no doubt in my mind that he, he got a talking to after that. And, but it makes me... And I don't know so if good. you follow a lot of the stats, and I, I like to look at them, but I do. people are missing a lot of, like, you know, that there were, you know, Joe Staley allowed two sacks. Alex Boone allowed two sacks. Jordan won and Eric Paris won. And then just the hurries. Eric oh. Paris, eight. Staley, six. Jordan was six. And Marcus Martin, five. And Alex Boone, two. So what's a guy supposed to do in the hits even? There were, they allowed over seven hits. That really shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And that's all in the O line. So overall, I just feel like um, there wasn't. You know, this is a team sport. There's a reason that he has an O line there. Mm-hmm. And if they struggle like this as a team, I mean, the offense is just going to be the train wreck. And it doesn't matter how good your uh, running backs are because they can't pass block, they can't mm-hmm. run block. So it doesn't matter if they don't get together as a team and work together. And that shows that, you know, you can't make those comments because you need to put that behind you and you take the win or you take the loss as a team. A hundred (laughs) percent. And I'm actually, I, you know, I'm surprised Carlos Hyde didn't start calling out the offensive line. I mean, you can't, once you start, you just can't do that. Um, And speaking of the offensive line, I think that might be the natural place to go next. I mean, something, I don't know what, Something has got to change there. I think you see Staley and Boone making mistakes, probably. I mean, they're making mistakes, so I don't want to make excuses for them. But the other side of the offensive line is so poor and has been playing so terribly. I wonder, are those mistakes coming because they're trying to compensate for the other side and they can't compensate for the other side, so they're making those mistakes? You know, I don't know, obviously. Um, as you said, we're not we're not there. We're not the coaches. We're not. We don't know what's being called. But 
something's got to change on that O-line. I just don't know what on earth it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's not... You can see it from a mile away. I mean, the right side of the line is definitely works than the left side, and the numbers show it. But, you know, it's just... I have this feeling that they've always tried to cut corners with a couple of positions on the 49ers. They're willing to pay out on some positions, but O-line has never really been, you know, absent for Joe Staley. Mm -hmm. O-line is not where they put a lot of money, and it's showing. Mm -hmm. And also, like, their defensive backs. Like, the secondary, it's just, it's really showing. They... They think that they can, you know, reinvent these careers of these, you know, so-called super good corners that really don't have it anymore. And, you know, you see that they're calling for, uh, Sharice Wright was calling for his own, he wanted to be released. And I I just thought it was really funny that they signed him in the first place Mm -hmm. because, you know, he was, I watch a lot of San Diego and I, I never really saw how he was that spectacular. I think they think that they can turn these you know, older veteran players into stars again, and it's just it's just not happening. You know, like they did with Namdi or Austin. Now I can't even say his name, but Namdi mm-hmm. okay. did the same thing. They did the same thing, and it's just like they're not learning from it. No, because it didn't work with Cook and didn't work with Wright, and I think I think it was proving to be a big mistake to let both Parrish Cox and Chris Culliver go. But yeah. we'll see. There's also, you know, I guess the flip side of that is there's also a lot of youth at that position, um, which, you know, a lot of times young cornerbacks, it takes them a couple years to really blossom into what they can be. Um, but they look terrible. I mean, you can't, they can't defend anything. I, I mean, they really can't defend anything. I think I made a comment on Twitter yesterday that I think I could get some yards against the secondary (laughs) and let me tell you I am no football player and no athlete and um it's I mean they can't defend anything the defense looks frightening there's no pass rush there's uh no secondary Eric Armstead looks good he looks yeah he's getting better he's a you know we have to find a bright spot yeah and I saw Tate Carradine he had he had some good plays in there and you know, Jaquaski, you mm-hmm. know, Tark, he, mm-hmm. he can hit hard, and I think mm-hmm. he's showing a lot of potential. But, you know, I don't think that this is a team that's going to go super far anymore. Like, I really had high hopes. I really believed. I tried to be on the positive slide of, like, where they were going. But coaching is so important, and I think that people underestimate it so much. And I think we're, we've definitely learned our lesson, and I hope that the – you know, 49ers execs have learned their lesson that it's not as easy as they may have think, you know, thought that they could just, you know, get the personnel and win. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of things to go right to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I think that they sold our former coaching staff way short, and I think that we're paying the price. I think that is true. And I think, you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of potential on this team. There's a lot of talent. There were so many things about this team that if it all worked and if it all came together, they would be really good. But right now, none of it's working. 
None of none of it is working. The coaching isn't working. The, the play calling, well, coaching, play calling isn't working. The players aren't working. I mean, Eric Mangini and his confused defense seems to be confusing to his defense. They seem to be the only ones on the field confused by the defense, and that is that's a problem. <laughs> Just, I mean, they have yeah. given up over. They've given up ninety points in the last two weeks. Crazy. That is you, crazy. Yeah, did you see? Um, did you see Tom Sula's press conference today? I watched it. Um, I at first I liked what he had to say because he was like, "We win as a team." And, he would not sell out cap and I like what he was saying and he was saying it's all on my shoulders but then he said something about when the you know the two point safety when he put cap into the shotgun mm-hmm. and he said that was that came across me um, I knew about it I let that go I wish I had that back and so he was basically saying that was the call that you know the offense coordinator made and he he didn't try to change it. He didn't try mm-hmm. to. He just said, "Okay, let's roll with that." And he said, "I shouldn't have done that. I should have tried to get three more yards running." And what took me back back by it was that I felt like, as a leader, you know, you defend like why you made why you thought that that was a good idea, mm-hmm. even if you're getting suggestions from your offensive coordinator you're getting all these suggestions, you can back it up and say why I thought that was good a good play at the time. Even if it's a mistake, you at least can say, this is why I thought this is the way to go. He couldn't. And when you have a leader that's questioning his own decision-making, I just feel like he's totally out of his, out of his league. He doesn't, he, you know, because it, Leaders just don't do that. They can explain and articulate exactly why they made that call. And they back it up, even if it's wrong. They're not saying that they're never wrong, but they can tell you why they made that decision, whether it be right or wrong. And he couldn't. And I was just really, like, I just thought, oh, wow. And I would think we all hoped that the 49ers would have surrounded him with a lot of talent and a lot of... um, really good people mm-hmm. and instead it's kind of the worst nightmare it's just people that the execs like not necessarily the best people for the position well and I think people were very hesitant to come in under Tom Sula and I, I like Tom Sula as a person I think he's a great guy and he could end up one day being a great head coach but I think that people, some of the real high-profile, high-quality coordinators were a little concerned to come into a situation with a first-time head coach who was being promoted from the defensive line coach, and I think it it turned people off, and it made the pool of candidates a lot smaller. And uh, like you said earlier, they're paying the price. It's, um, it's, It's not good. And so speaking of leadership... Um, I think this team is desperately in need of a leader and there are nine team captains. Um, and I haven't, but I haven't seen anyone truly come out as a leader. There's no Patrick Willis type leader on this team. And it's a lot of dejected faces and frustration. And I don't blame them, but somebody is going to have to buck up and gather the players together 
and say, we've got to, we got to work on this because, you know, like you said earlier, it's a team sport, but you know what? They really look like a bunch of individual players who don't quite know what to do and they're not playing together. Yeah. And it's interesting because Cap still put the whole loss on his shoulders. He Mm -hmm. did do that. Like, and in as much as he did terrible yesterday, you know, I thought, you know, because, you know, Colin Kaepernick isn't the best at the podium, period. Like, he comes usually across kind of being a little bit of a jerk, and I'm not going to tell you much. But after the loss, you know, Kaepernick was very, very eloquent, and he actually said, I didn't play well. Mm-hmm. And I I can respect that. And I think that the their guys should see that, too, that... He, he realizes that he, he made bad throws and he made, you know, threw balls off his back feet and all the kinds of things. But um, he knows that his mistakes were bad for the team. But it, it, I thought he took responsibility as a leader, not even even when they were talking about Antoine Bolden um, mm-hmm. and different things when Vernon Davis couldn't make a play. He said, no, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I like that about Kaepernick. And that's why, you know, one of the, his really positive qualities as a leader, I do think he is stepping up. It's just I think that when you lose, you tend any team will tend to turn on each other. The only thing that really can change the dynamic of the team is winning. That is <laughs> that is true. Um I saw it say on Twitter, I think it may have been 49ers Hub, who said that he felt, they felt like somebody had to do a players-only team meeting. Um, And Cap was one of the suggestions of people that should do it. Um, But I also think the coaching staff is going to have to shake things up this week because I think that's for the players – that looks like changes. And I think before they completely lose the locker room, they're going to have to make some changes this week. Um, I'm glad my name's not Jim Tom Sula. Because <laughs> this is tough. And I do, I kind of feel bad for Tom Sula and all of this. Because here he was, you know, he was given this job. And then it was like disaster after disaster after disaster. And it's showing. And I do, you know, I kind of feel bad for Tom Sula. But you know, something's got to give this week, but you're right. The only thing that's going to change that is winning. And now they're hosting green Bay on Sunday. And it doesn't look pretty. And I've changed my opinion on the eight and eight. Yeah. I, I, I I hate to say it. I agree with you all of a sudden I've gone from eight and eight eight and eight or better to, I hope they win another game, um, (laughs) which they will. But, um, maybe, but now I'm thinking like four and 12 now, honestly, each week, I hope they're competitive. That's like, I hope they're competitive. You know, let's put it this way. If they play like they've played the last two weeks, if they lose four games, it would be a miracle. You can't be giving up 40 plus points a game and scoring under 20. I mean, even the Minnesota game, which yes, they dominated that game. They still scored 20 points. It wasn't like they won that game, you know, 34 to 3 or 34 to nothing. Um, So, you know, if they keep playing like they played, I I think they'll improve. I actually don't know why I think that, 
because there has been no evidence to support that theory. But I just think naturally through the season they'll improve. But I don't know. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a long season for sure. I, you know, I'm hoping for six wins, just enough so that I keep watching and want to watch because it's tough watching those games where they just get just beat down. And I'm not one to offer excuses. I don't talk about, oh, well, that was a really bad call. It's, you know, when it's bad plays, it's bad plays. And I, I'm the first to admit when my team isn't doing well, I'll say what went wrong. So I'm not one of those fans that makes excuses and says, well, we always get bad calls or mm-hmm. it's the refs. I'm totally in it. And, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm a, you know, jump ship. I have there's no way I'd be any other kind of fan than a 49er fan. But I just want enough to show me that they're really trying out there. And that, you know, I hear a lot of disturbing information, you know, from different people and, you know, I really, really do think that the locker room, there's a lot going on in there. And I wonder if people really believe in the concept in the 49ers anymore. You know, and I'm talking about the players. Like, mm-hmm. they have to believe in the process. They have to believe in their coach. They have to believe in their play scheme, everything. And we saw that last year when when players started to go against Greg Roman. It mm-hmm. just, it wasn't good. And then... Then they start second-guessing why is, you know, Harbaugh doing this? Because when you lose, it really creates a dynamic in the locker room that can be, it can be toxic. So I just think that they really need to unify, get it together. And I hope Kaepernick is that guy. Um, I know... It's kind of silly, but even when Alex Smith during the the Alex Smith days when there was the NFL, you know, the holdout and nobody was practicing, he got and called every single player to practice on their own time, their own dime, because they they weren't practicing, they were you know locked out. So that's kind of what we need here is that they say, well, we want to win together. This is my job. We're going to play. We're going to play this season out. We're going to play hard for our, our, each other, you know, if nothing else. Well, and the reality is, too, it's week three. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's, it's not even like, you know, we're not like in, in week 12 here. I, It has been a terrible two weeks, but it's week three. There's so much season left to play. And... There's, they still could go eight and eight. They still, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too crazy and think they're going to the playoffs, but they still could end up with a decent record. It's week three. If they can, if they can come together, if I hope you're right, I hope Kaepernick is that guy. I love Kaepernick. I mean, one of my dogs is named Cappy. I am a Kaepernick (laughs) fan. I want this guy to make it. Um, And I hope. I hope he can be that leader, and you're right. For him to come out there yesterday and just say, this is 100% my fault, and I believe he said there was nothing anyone else could have done with the way I played, that shows leadership. And if you take that responsibility and you own it, then hopefully hopefully your team, hopefully your teammates can see that and, and rally behind you. And maybe he can call a player's and owner's website. He can call a players only meeting uh, and lead it maybe with someone like a Bowman and basically say like here's here's the deal guys like we have a lot of talent on this team we have a lot of season left to go don't give up let's play together we play for each other 
and then we go. I mean, it's week three. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I I am a little like I know I'm feeling like I want to jump off a cliff after that, but I I guess even last week I saw still some positive things, but this week it was just rough. And it was rough. Like, it, <laughs> It was rough. And you're right. Last week, there were some things you could point to, like, oh, but they did, they did do this well, and this looked good, and yada, yada, yada. And it was, there was the, it was a short week. And even though I, I never really kind of believed that theory, it wasn't that short a week. They played Monday night, they didn't play Thursday. Um, but, you know, there were, there were things to point to. Yesterday was brutal. It was brutal. But how they move on from here, that's going to define the team. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to have to go to back to the film. They're going to have to work hard. They're going to have to see it. They're going to have to solve their inner dynamics in the locker room, and they're going to have to, like, pull together. So, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. I just – I mean, and I'll be watching. I'll be watching with Green Bay. I think, I think it's interesting because the 49ers could be torn up with Aaron Rodgers. So they can get torn up by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and that is that what scares me about that too, is that even if cap comes out on Sunday and, you know, bounces back and has a good game and they have a passing game, they have a run game and they have a great offense. I don't know how on earth our defense is going to do against Aaron Rodgers. I know it's like clowns out there. And then I think, um, but I mean, you can't dwell on the game. You just hope that they can prepare for Green Bay. You know, Arizona obviously had our number, mm-hmm. and I hope that they can at least scheme a game where they're not so predictable, and then try to prepare as best they possibly can for Green Bay and not dwell on it. Because I just don't want them to just get stuck in this. You know, it they were clearly outmatched yesterday but you know I just I just want them to do better I want them to score points I want them to start feeling good about making sacks and doing the things because we saw a lot I mean even in the first game I think they had five or six sacks they did it was great you know and I know it's not Aaron Rodgers but the fact is that they were penetrating they were getting in there and they were working together and I like that so we'll see we'll see what they get can do we will see what they can do. They'll be back home. Um, and that team, I know a lot of people are calling it a fluke, but that team won. And Minnesota has won their last two games. I'm not, Minnesota's not Pittsburgh and Minnesota's not Arizona. But they're also not a joke. And they no. beat them. So it's possible. That team is in there. I think now it's, it's just a matter of regrouping and, like you said, looking forward and not dwelling on this past game and not finger pointing. And unfortunately you and I are not going to be in the locker room to give that little pep talk, but I think (laughs) that it's important. Um, and I hope that they figure that out amongst themselves. Otherwise it's going to be a long year in Santa Clara. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a long year no matter what, but we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. And I still remain optimistic. And I think that at least, um, at least there's a lot of things that they can work on. And if they see that and really make that effort, it's, it, it, it's not impossible. And I really do hope that they come out and look like a different team. I'm not going to like belabor the point that 
you know, this is all the execs' fault. There's nothing we can do about it now. I mean, in as much as I hate it, I don't. There's nothing we can do about it. We don't own the team, so we can't make those decisions. And it's over with. This is what we have to work with now. And I'm just, you know, I'm just like, okay, you know, we'll just roll with the punches. We couldn't have had a worse off season. We couldn't have had a worse year like we did last year, except this year. So maybe, you know, we just have to. Just kind of roll with it and that's why you're fans you know I'm not a fan because they win I'm a fan because I love my team so I'm just going back to that and you know what uh, they have nowhere to go but up yeah <laughs> that's, uh, so and true. as I said yesterday in my article they have nowhere to go but up I hope but I really do believe they have nowhere to go but up um so yeah. this will be it'll be defining it'll be defining for all of them so, all right, so we have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on Sunday. Um, I will be there. I will try to bring a little good luck, some sparkle or something with me. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess we will talk next week. Yes, see definitely. how that game goes. All right, thanks, Steph, and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.